I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by sorrow and distress. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. And these are the words of, from Psalm 116. They're this beautiful, powerful expression of delight and thanksgiving for God and the wonders of how he has met the psalmist in some dark and difficult spaces. And I think as we look at this psalm, this psalm also reflects our reality. It reflects our story today as well. And today as we come together at the beginning of a whole new ministry year, what we just wanted to do was to experience this like one big family gathering. You know when you get back together with your extended family, what do you do? You sit together, you eat, you talk, you share stories of what's been happening over the course of the last months since you've seen each other. And that's what we want to do together this morning. We've heard amazing stories of God's goodness. We've sung about the wonder of who he is. Later on, we'll eat and play games and have a good time. And right now, we get to this beautiful gift of walking through this psalm together. And I love the honesty of the psalms because they don't deny the hardness of life, but they also are not crushed by it. The psalmist talks about a really deep, a dark, a difficult situation in his life. He says, the cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. And I love that the author didn't feel like the hardness of life was too big for God. The author recognized God as glorious and powerful and strong and mighty, so much bigger than anything that the author was facing, even when the cords of death are entangling him, even when he feels sorrow and despair and overwhelmed by the weight of everything that he's experiencing, he still knows that God is greater still. And so he puts this confident belief into action. He cries out to God and says, God, would you save me? And again, this is also our story. In our corporate life as a congregation, over the course of the last number of years, we have been through a lot. You think about the intensity, the divisive nature, the polarization, the mistrust, the fractured relationships, all of the uncertainty and the deep grief that we experienced over the process of COVID. We think about all the times that we endured with financial pressure and difficulty. We think about the strain in our relationships. We think about all of the disillusionment that we have experienced over the course of the last number of years. And for you, it was a very complex and difficult transition. And in the middle of all of this, you as a church continue to do one thing so faithfully and so well, you cried out again and again and again, God, would you meet us here? God, we believe that you are bigger than everything that we're facing. God, we trust in you and the wonder of your presence. Would you touch us in this time and space? Would you be present here? And again, in our personal lives, we have all endured hardship and difficulty. I know certainly in the last, the last number of years, I have. 
And again and again, we have recognized that we are not alone in the things that we endure. We have recognized that God is still present and he's still loving, he's still sovereign, he's still mightier than whatever it is that we might be facing. And so again and again and again, we have cried out to God and said, God, would you save me? God, would you meet me here? God, would you touch me in my loneliness? Would you touch me in this hurt? Would you touch me in these spaces of uncertainty? God, would you meet me here in this time and in this place? And we can do all of this because we are confident and sure in the wonder of his presence, because we believe in the goodness of who he is. The psalmist goes on to say, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. And you can hear the sense of joy, the overwhelming sense of delight and anticipation in this psalm. And this is a really interesting psalm because they would say that it was probably just written by some average person. It wasn't written by some professional because it really just follows this pattern of passion and delight. It breaks all of the rules of how psalms are supposed to be written. And the author just can't stop praising God for the nature and the wonder of his character and for the ways that that has been expressed in unmerited favor in the psalmist's life. Again, it provides of us this beautiful glimpse at the wonder of who God is. God is full of compassion. I love that phrase. And it means that when we are in pain and in hardship and in difficulty, God's compassion overflows and meets us. He can't help but move towards us in the midst of what is broken and disillusioning and hard and difficult within our lives. He cares for us in all of those spaces. God is gracious. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He doesn't stand up there waiting just to bludgeon us when we do something wrong. He is profoundly gracious. And when we struggle and find difficulty and failure and hardship, he meets us in help and encouragement and support, in grace and mercy. He meets us in challenging our behavior when it's not appropriate. He continues to move us forward, calling us into righteousness and beauty and wonder and truth. And God is righteous. He will always do what is right. And so we can trust him. We can submit our lives into his hands like we sang about a few moments ago because we know that he is righteous and not malevolent. We know that he is faithful and that he is trustworthy. When we are hit by circumstances that we are totally unaware of and unable to protect ourselves from, he meets us in the spaces where we are brought low and continues to lift us up and strengthen us in his arms. And when we see a God like this, when we know that this is the nature of his character, it does something beautiful in our souls. It changes us at the core of our being. As the psalmist said, return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. And in the midst of a world and a culture that is fearful and that is frantic, can you imagine the gift of our souls returning to a place of rest? Because we know that God is good for it to us because we know that he is caring and he's compassionate and he's sovereign and powerful and loving and glorious and so our souls can be at rest and not constantly churned up in anxiety and fear and uncertainty about what is or what will be. And day by day he invites us to walk into his presence and to experience the beauty of the peace that we can find in a God who is like this, full of this kind of character and love and compassion. And the psalmist cries out of some particular ways that God has saved them. The author says, For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. It's a beautiful expression of the fact that everything the psalmist needed, God provided as he cried out to him. 
In God's graciousness and his goodness and faithfulness, he met him powerfully and profoundly. And this is also our story. We think of the ways that God faithfully cared for us and journeyed us through all the disillusionment and fear and uncertainty of the last number of years. We think about the ways that God met us in our financial needs, moving us from a place where we were in profound danger to a space where we are at a spot of moderate health and able to breathe and continue to move forward with him in a place of peace. He's restored so many relationships that have been fractured over the course of the last number of years. We've seen God stretch out his hand and move and heal people miraculously over the last year. We have seen God touch many people who have struggled and wrestled with particular sins, maybe for a very long time, and in a beautiful instant of his presence and his grace, he's set them free and moved them forward. We have seen God meet us here as we meet week after week with a growing sense of excitement and healthy anticipation for the wonder of what will God do next? And over the course of the last year, we've grown by about 100 people. Over this last year, we have seen that at least 43 people have submitted their lives to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want to walk with you for the very first time. And all of eternity and all of this world has been and will be forever changed because of the ways that God has moved in us and through us over the course of the last year. He has done amazing things. But what about you? What has God done in your life over the course of the last year? We've heard some amazing and powerful stories so far this morning, but what about your story? Again, maybe today you're brimming and you're overflowing and you're so excited about what God has already done. I talked to some people in between services who just shared that they just can't stop the sense of excitement for the ways that God has changed them. But what has he done for you? So let's just take a minute and just thank Jesus for the things that you know that he's done for you in the last year. And if today you're wrestling because it's been a hard week or a hard month or a hard year, maybe just take a minute and say, Jesus, what are the things that you've done? Where has your goodness been present even in the middle of this stormy season? And as things come up, just thank him for those. Let's just take a minute with Jesus now. And it's so important that we remember these stories and that we share these stories. Because the hardness and the intensity of life can so often push us towards a concept or a view of God that he's somehow absent or not big enough or strong enough to handle the particular things that we face. And so we need to hear these stories. Our souls need to be reminded of these things. And God is worthy of all the praise that we can possibly give him for the powerful ways that he's worked. One of the really good gifts about doing this in community is we get to lift each other up when we're having a hard space. 
The stories that you're able to share of the ways that God has met with you and touched your life will encourage me when I'm in a dark space, and the stories of how God has met me will encourage you when you are in a hard space. I remember probably four or five months ago, I had a really rough week. I remember standing right there, and the service was going on, and I was like getting ready to preach, and I just felt like, I don't know how to do this today with the weight of everything that's going on. And you sang so beautifully and powerfully that it just lifted me all of the way through. And your faith and your confidence and your hope and your passion for who Jesus was really met me in that deep place of feeling disillusioned and unsure. Again, this is why we need each other. This is why Jesus has given us one another. Because as we share our stories of Jesus' presence in our lives, the way that he's meeting with us, the ways he's working within us, it encourages us and strengthens us in our moments of weakness or fear or doubt or uncertainty. It gives us a really good gift. And so later on today, as we're spending time together just eating and playing games and hanging out, I want to encourage you just to be open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit and any way that he might ask you to share one of the things that God just put on your heart. Because you never know what somebody else is journeying through. You never know what kind of a week they've had or what kind of a year they've had, what kind of fears or doubts or uncertainty. And just be open to what God might want you to say because maybe that's exactly what they need. So just a thought for us to consider as we uh, move towards the end of these things. But moving back to the sermon because I'm way off topic now. Um, What do we do in response for all the goodness of God and the ways that he meets us? How do we respond to a God who loves us like this? The psalmist says, What shall I return to the Lord for all of his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people. And this is a beautiful picture of response. The psalmist is overwhelmingly blessed by God and they say, God, I just want to fulfill my vows to you. I want to be faithful to do everything that I've promised to you and everything that you are calling me to do. And today, are there things that you have promised God that you will do? Maybe this is an invitation for you to step in and to respond to God's goodness to you by just saying, yeah, Lord, I'll be fully obedient to the things that you're asking of me. It's this really interesting gift in this passage. It's a beautiful and a full obedience. There's no sense in this author that he's trying to do as little as possible and still be obedient to God. He's saying, God, I want to do whatever you want me to do. I'm totally in. I'm fully and completely yours. In the presence of all of your people, I'll fulfill my vows. I want everyone to know how good you are and how good you have been to me. The author's not playing it cool. The author's not trying to hold on to a sense of dignity. The author's not trying to think about what will everyone else think of me. The author is consumed with the thought, how do I praise God as fully as I can? How do I obey him as passionately and completely as I possibly can? And it's this wonderful invitation that we have in all the ways that God has met us and blessed us and draws us close that we can respond to him in a grateful kind of obedience and a passionate kind of praise. And so what might God be inviting you to today in a sense of response? Again, for some of us today, I'm sure that he's inviting us to let go of the weight and the weariness that we are carrying and just to choose to believe in his goodness. For others of us, he's inviting us to follow through on an obedience that we promised him for a really long time and keep putting off. For some of us, he's inviting us into something else, to just a different kind of delight in the wonder of his presence. So let's just take a moment now with God and just ask him, Lord, is there any way that you're calling me to respond to you in light of all the goodness of who you are?
Today we have this really good gift of time and space to just reflect on the goodness of God and all the great things that He has done and continues to do for us moment by moment and day by day, over and over and over again. And we have this fantastic opportunity to respond to Him, to respond to His goodness by following through in the obedience, the promises that we've made to Him. We have this opportunity today to follow through by just expressing our praise and our joy and our adoration and delight to Him. We'll have an opportunity later this afternoon maybe to share one of those stories of the ways that God has been present and working in our life so that someone else can be encouraged by these things. As we begin this new year together, let's do it with hearts that are full of praise and adoration, with delight and thanksgiving for the goodness of who God is, even in the midst of a life that sometimes feels stormy and uncertain, that He has met us and continues to meet us.